if we go to page 11 in the presentation, you'll see that... <laughs> you'll see we're on target to meet our quarterly... <clears throat> Some things never change. Like nobody can resist <laughs> popping plastic bubbles. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. As I was saying, we're on target to meet... Excuse me, um, Miss... Miss Hansen. Sorry, almost done. <laughs> 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. The SLE Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at slepodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. Hi, this is Clark Gillies from the New York Islanders. You're listening to the SD Podcast Show. Welcome to episode 253 of the s Podcast Show. Steven, Dan, and Vin are here. Danny, what's going on? Not much. How's it going tonight, guys? How, Finn, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. We finally have some actual sports news to talk about today, which I'm very excited about. I don't have to mention, I mean, I guess it's everything's virus-related, but we can discuss the actual needs or whatever of a baseball team. And I guess a football team and whatever, uh, you know, all these, all the fun stuff that we used to talk about when there was life. Yeah, it's, 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 it's slowly, hopefully getting back to like sports wise, kind of normal, even though it's obviously not normal with, um, base, uh, with baseball starting on my birthday, obviously I would never have thought that in a million years, if unless it was some yeah. crazy pandemic like this year. Um, hockey and basketball is on their ways back as well. They're starting around the same time as baseball. So it's going to be interesting if they're going to be able to get everything going in time. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they coop up all the players and keeping the players safe. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about it yesterday, and the fact that baseball is like traveling and stuff is probably not a great yeah, idea. Yeah did did they ever say did they ever say what the the Blue Jays were doing yet? I knew they were having rumors of like they didn't know if they were gonna stay in Florida or they were gonna come up to like maybe Buffalo or somewhere up in state New York. Vlad Junior is in Toronto hitting bombs. Oh, so okay. I don't I, I think <laughs> like bombs. Like lessened its. Uh, it's restrictions a little bit recently, so maybe they can. But I don't know about crossing the borders and all that every time. So they probably should stay in like Buffalo, like where that whatever that Buffalo team, minor league team, used to play. Just play there. Yeah, Josh Tolley's home. The field that Josh Tolley built. Yeah, I saw a video of Vlad Junior today, and he was hitting like he was basically hitting him off that. What's that thing called? The needle thingy that's outside their building? Mm-hmm. He was basically hitting them up that high. Space Needle? I think the Space Needle of Seattle. Yeah, I forget which one it is. I don't know. The one yeah, that Drake said on the album? That one. But yeah, yeah, he was like hitting them to the roof. At least it looked that way. Could have just been the angle. But still. Um, Yeah, so baseball's kind of back. And it's kind of crazy because they're going to do the 60-man roster. Right, 
which gives some players opportunity if they actually get to play. Um, I'm not really sure. I don't know if you guys saw what the plan is with the rosters. Um, so I did. I did. I do have a good uh, grasp of what the the plan is with the rosters. If you okay. would like me to get into it, go for it. Um. Hold on one sec. The that so was the grasp. <laughs> what? And that was the grasp of the roster moves. <laughs> that was the grasp of the roster. <laughs> roster, yeah. Um. So, obviously, like so, this was as of yesterday. They only um the Mets really only speaking for the Mets. What everybody else does, Shocking. whatever. Um, yeah, they they announced forty five guys of the. Six, obviously yeah. 60 possible um the 11 non-roster people very quickly david peterson who is a left-handed pitcher like one of their top pitching prospects so you could see him maybe get a shot depending on how that back of the rotation goes out chasing a shreve we've seen before as a left-handed pitcher whatever um i don't know who kevin smith is i'm just laughing at silent bob is on the, that the guy silent bob made the team yeah, um, the two catchers, some guy Patrick Mazika, don't know who that is. Ali Sanchez is is the thing. Uh, Ali Sanchez is there too. Right, but he's already on the forty man roster. These oh, I didn't realize he was 40. on the forty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So every it's everybody on the forty made it except for like four guys who I think weren't gonna pitch this year anyway, like they were hurt. And yeah, I think they were they, for some reason they weren't gonna pitch. Um, Matt Adams, Eduardo Nunez, and there's two outfielders also, too. And there was another guy, Max Moroff, who's an infielder. Anyway, so basically, if you want to send somebody down, let's say, you know, whatever, whoever you want to send down, it's the same thing as it normally is. So it's basically you want to send call somebody up, you have to send a person with minor league options down. If you send Send, so for example, Mets guys have options are like Gaselman, um, Drew Smith is another relief pitcher who's on the 40, who's probably going to get kind of chipped up and down. They have options. If you want to, let, let's say Eduardo Nunez makes the team, right? Or Matt Adams makes the team or whatever, those, one of those kind of guys. If you want to send them down like you would normally because they don't have options, once they go down, they can't come back. They can't come back onto the roster pool. Okay. So ever? that's why for the year ever this, this season they are done. No, that's so saying. So Gaselman, yeah, so if he you, gets sent down to the minors, is done. No, Gaselman can can come back because he has options still. So 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 like no, you know, normal, normally during the season you would waive Matt Adams. Nobody would claim him. He'd go to AAA. You could bring right. him back eventually. Ah, and now okay. in this case, he gets waived. Nobody claims him. He's not available to play for the Mets the rest of the season. He could play for somebody else if they pick him up as a free agent later on after waiver claims. But he's not available to play for the New York Mets anymore. So, like, the way I was, I thought it was going to be, and Steven and I talked about this a little bit yesterday, that, like, I thought they might do, like, an active roster, not active roster, kind of like football, where you could just activate guys off the pool and, and whatever. It's not like that. It's basically the same thing. It's just when you send somebody down, they're not going to any AAA team because there are no – or minor league team, there are no teams. They're just going to Brooklyn to work out, basically. Mm-hmm. 
the any so any guys also like they didn't add a lot of their top prospects. Uh, Jimenez is on the on the pool, but they didn't add uh, the other guy, Ronnie Mauricio, the other um, shortstop, and like some other younger guys that they just drafted aren't right. in the pool, obviously. But that so they can't even get minor league instruction this year. They basically are on their own until next season at this point. If you add whatever they guys could probably they added, go to Brooklyn. They probably won't be, be able to play games, but they could probably go to. No, like... they're not even. They're not even allowed in Brooklyn. If you're if you're off this roster, you're not allowed at the facility. Wow. Yes. So that's so they added. They only put forty five guys on yesterday, and then we saw today they added Melky Cabrera. They added Gordon Beckham. They added uh, Hunter Milky Strickland. Melky Cabrera is on they our add, team. Yeah. Melky Cabrera. I, I said this in the chat today. Melky Cabrera. They they added today. They added Gordon Beckham, former infielder of the White Sox. They added Hunter Strickland, the guy who hates Bryce Harper, which I'm good with that. So, like, they took a chance. There's a couple other guys, too. They took a chance on a bunch of my, a bunch of veteran guys to get the roster up to, I think, 50. They signed five guys in total. Um, and Noah Syndergaard's right. running, so he's going to pitch this year. Or DH. Maybe he'll DH. Uh-huh. <laughs> there will be no spring training games, I don't think. It says inter-scarred games and workouts will be plentiful in the pool during the season, but games between teams from different organizations will not be allowed. I don't know if that means, like, during the actual season, like, you can't play somebody else's pool, or there won't be spring training games. I'm not 100% sure what that means. Um, they're talking about expanding the Arizona Fall League, so that might keep playing for this is for minor league guys. Anthony DeComo uh, also tweeted about an hour ago that his back can be a real impact and could be a bit of a separator for us as we compare ourselves to the rest of the teams in the league. Regarding Cespedes, I mean the guy's right. the the you know has the best out of him. He hasn't played a game in what three years, two and a half. Two. Uh, he played that game in like he played like three games in 2017. So yeah, I think that's the last time we played. What was that 2018? I don't remember. Wow, it's crazy that it was... he's actually been on this team. It's been that it's been five years since he's been become a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> he played 38 games in 2018. Mm-hmm. Did he? 38 games, 157 at-bats, 9 homers. Um. Yeah, I get, but, like, yeah, so I guess he started the season. Because remember he came back and played, like, a game against the Yankees and DH'd? Yes. And then was like, oh, yeah, I need surgery. He hit a home run in that game. Like, yeah. We were, like, Wasn't that the game we were at? No, no, no. It was on my birthday. I want to say, so I remember going out like for my birthday, and it was on TV. I was all excited, and I got back and was like, "Oh, great! This was is done." <laughs> Let's see his last game hitting in 2018 was July 20th against the Yankees. Where he had four, um, four bat, five appearances, went two for four, with a homer and a walk. Yeah, he went there, off that night, and, and then vanished. Like, yep. And it was the first time between that and May thirteenth was the last game before that, where he went yeah. one for four, with also a homer. Um, so his last two at bats have been homers. Last two games. Homers. Last two games he had homers. Um, there is another thing. This is the last roster information I have. This is all I got. This all from an article on Metsmerized Online. Yes. Um, 
take, take a look at them. Pretty good website. Jacob Resnick is the guy who wrote this. He was uh, one of those kid right. caster guys back, back in the day. She used to play. Uh, she, this girl used to do Rising Apple, Michelle. I forgot what her her last name is. Some something Greek, but he's a good yes. friend of mine. But she she's on them. website too. Yeah. Um. So the other thing is there is a taxi squad, which is you're allowed to carry three a catcher or three players. It says and one can one has to be a catcher. I guess I would assume you would pick one catcher, one pitcher or one uh, whatever fielder but mm-hmm. similar to like a, a hockey team thing they can travel with the team in case there's injury they don't have to bring somebody like they have to get somebody up quick they're allowed to travel out of brooklyn with the team obviously it's guys on the roster so it'll probably be whatever renee rivera and nunez and i don't know a pitcher excuse me renee we're gonna need renee rivera this year okay it might be then it'll be tomas nito i don't know <laughs> um so, yeah, I mean, we've said this before. As for the actual roster construction of the New York Mets, we've said this before. The DH helps the Mets a lot. Yeah, no, um, it saves us a lot. We talked about this, and there's nine of them. <laughs> I mean, they, the amount of people, like, they mentioned, I was talking about my dad, and, and I was he was like, well, Cespedes would be ace. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense, but, like, Cano probably is going to DH some. Cano's got to DH some. You have to get Dom Smith in the lineup at some point, so like, yeah, Pete's gonna have Pete's to. Gonna DH. Pete, Pete's gonna yeah. take a day off here. Pete can get a day off every one day every week during the week off of uh, playing the field to DH, right? So, um, we'll have that. One it, thing, and maybe I'm off on this. So they're playing sixty games in sixty games in sixty-six days. Right, so that is three. It's two. It's two months and a week, and you're playing sixty games. Yep, I, that's basically a day off. Almost every. I mean, there's they're playing baseball for what eight, uh, nine weeks, and they have six days off. So that's yeah. almost a day off a week. I, I, people keep talk, talking about how like cram the schedule is going to be. They're gonna have basically every Monday off, is what I like, right? Well, we don't we don't know the ex- exact scheduling yet. They didn't release. But, it. but ideally, it could be like every Monday. For right, sure. but I'm saying like, like except it's for good. like you have to play one one full week each month, yep. and then plus the because the, the opening week is only three days, so it's really only eight weeks. Yeah, it's gonna well, I guess be it's nine because it's less of a job. So it doesn't that doesn't seem like that hard of I mean. That's not an easy stretch, but I'm not that hard of a stretch. It's going to be normal things. What's going to be interesting is the rainouts and rain delays. Right. That's going to issue, you know, have some issues. But then again, you're going to, thankfully, all the teams are you're playing your local. You're right, playing everything your division, so local. local teams around you. Right. But it's still going to be interesting to see what would happen in a given scenario. Let's say it's the last day of a. Mets Red Sox or a Mets uh, Rays, and you're not seeing them the rest of the season. What happens? But then? you probably will see them the rest of the season. That's the thing, because you're playing. No, like... you only play them four times. No, you, you're yeah, playing... you only play them. No, it's 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 four times against the American League teams. Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah. So, the farthest south they have to go is Tampa, right? Tampa. Well, technically to... Miami. I guess Miami too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So they have to go to they're gonna have to go to Florida, 
I guess, three times, probably. Because um, it's, it's ten games yeah, against it, the other divisions. I so say we pull think... all those teams out of there just to, uh, you know. Yeah, it's at least it's at least three times because you're you're assuming you'd have an, at least two series against yeah. the Marlins. I don't, how, I don't know how that's gonna work out, like, because it's, it's ten games, so that's two threes and a four. Somebody's getting home field advantage in this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so either the like they they have the Phillies do or the Braves do against the Mets or whatever, but they're playing. So four other teams, so it would be even, right? You just two teams, you get two home series against the other two, you have two road series. The only thing we know is that the Yankees and Nationals are going to play in Washington to start the season. Yeah, that's the that's the yeah, that's the only thing so far. Which makes sense, you know. You were going to have the Nationals open the season anyway. Give them a banner mm-hmm. day, crowd or no crowd, you still want to have a banner day. Um. Yeah. For sure. So. As much as we don't want to see it. Well, I mean, there's also some decent, I mean, decent-sized news for the Nationals. Ryan Zimmerman's not playing this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't which, even know he was still on the team. He, he is still <laughs> on the team, and he wasn't, I'm going to look up really quick his stats. I don't think he was very good last year, but he's, you know, an original National I, Wasn't he the last guy drafted by the Expos, if I remember correctly? He like, might have been, but he came up in the in the Nats inaugural season. Right, he came up there first season, but I think he was drafted by the Nationals. Here, I got his baseball page right here. Uh, no, he was actually drafted by the Nationals first round. So he might have been the first Nationals pick. Right, he was the first. Yeah, Nationals. he had to be. Yeah. Um, last year he only played fifty-two games, but. He had a 7.36 OPS. That's not terrible. I mean, he was below average. He's been hurt, but it's not terrible. But he's got, I think his wife is at risk somehow. I'm not sure how. But I know he said his wife is at risk, and he's got three little kids. So he doesn't want to play. I mean, that's it's his decision. and yeah. We're going to see more. They said uh, Mike Leake. Look at the NBA. Uh, the NBA's yeah. got players backing out all the, all the time. Um, Amy Bradley of the Lakers. Somebody else backed out. Uh, today was uh, Spencer Dinwiddie from Spencer the Nets. Well, he had the virus. He got the virus. Yeah, he had the virus. And uh, Rudy Gobert might, is still affecting, has some effects from it still from four months ago. That's and awesome. he's still up in the air as well. So this... He says he still can't taste anything really of worth. So the uh, the Ryan Zimmerman statement says, after a great deal of thought and given my family's circumstances, three young children, including a newborn and a mother at high risk, I've decided not to participate in the 2020 season. Uh, to be clear, I'm not retiring. I have not decided on my future of baseball past 2020, but this year I'll be staying safe at home and pulling hard for every one of the guys to defend our championship. And then there's a bunch of thanking everybody in between there. Which, again, like we said, was understandable. You know, kind of hope that a guy like um, Jake doesn't read that type of stuff. Just remember, his kid had a pro- couple, some problems when the kid was first born. I, I mean, according again, according to Brody, he said today, they don't expect anybody to sit out. They expect a full team at the moment. 
But again, it's anything things can change. Somebody also on the forty man roster uh, has it currently. We don't. They don't know who. It is. They didn't say who it, who it is. They just said that he's recovering. Uh, so I mean, it could be anybody at this point. Right. I, I, the only person I know is is not Alonzo. He was on a plane yesterday. So I would assume it's not him. Not next to the but guy really with the, the face mask over his eyes instead of his mouth. No, he was sleeping with a face mask on on the plane. Right, that I saw. But there was also there was another his wife picture took that a picture. Whatever, Beyonce took a picture of it. Whatever she is. Um, but there's a there was a picture going around yesterday. It was uh. Yeah, the guy with the, the mask over his eyes. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> I just found um, an iconic picture right here. It's Robbie Cano, A-Rod, and Melky, and it says, Met infielder, Met owner, Met outfielder. I mean, let's bring A-Rod back to play on the team, right? Hey, maybe the Nationals will call and be like, hey, we got a DH spot for you right now. Mine's our, our, our DH is not playing. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. First day back at work after vacation today. I'm a little tired. <laughs> Um. Okay. So I think we got everything on baseball. You guys, anything to add? I'm just. I just the Mets. Want to see it and just. Yeah. So do I. Just. Let's make it happen. Uh, By the way, today in 1988, Coming to America was released in theaters. Just so everybody was aware. Never saw it. What? Oh, you should. Yeah, I know. What is wrong with him? Um. Normally, this is the time where we do the Twitter uh, thing. Yankees but also released their about. guy also, by the way. What? Yankees released their guys. Josh Tolley made the Yankee roster player pool, by the way. There you go. All right. Let's go. <laughs> Everybody. I just need play. one John Sterling home run call for jo- uh, John Sterling What's home it? run call for jo- yeah. Josh Tolley. What's it going to be? I don't know, but I need it. A yeah. hole in one for, I don't know. <laughs> hole in one for totally I don't fucking <laughs> stick to the day job Vin don't switch to, don't uh, take don't like don't it. take John Sterling's job <laughs> I usually try to come up with them before he could and it would never it would never go well um we said J.R. Smith signed with the Lakers um so good for him whatever that'll be fun surprised that, that LeBron wanted him back after what happened but just, well, it's because half the team doesn't want to play, so he needed somebody to I know, stand like, there and not give the ball to. I guess. Um, the other big news that was yesterday was Cam Newton signing Finally. with New England yeah. Patriots. Because none of us predicted that. I mean, we've been saying it. <laughs> that yeah, this we is, were we saying just, it for months, and right. if he was, if it was a normal regular season, uh, off season, he would have been signed like months ago. Right. If there was, but again, that was the only starting job that was real. That's really open. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess not. They get well, the the Chargers are still a little weird. True, true, true. Yeah, but they also the drafted kid. somebody. Didn't they draft somebody? Yeah, that drafted uh, Herbert, right? Right. So it's oh, not no, like right. they did draft. Or I think he's just getting the job. Is what's Oh no, they got they signed Tyrod. So I think yeah. they're just going to oh, play Tyrod. Yeah, the poor Tyrod. Has <laughs> the starting job every year, and then the team drafts somebody to take the spot. Um. Yeah. So Cam, it'll be interesting to see. Um. 
Do you guys know what, like, his injury was last year? Because I tried to look at it last night. Like, I Googled it. Fashion, It said sprained foot. I was like, he didn't miss 14 games. It was sprained foot. It was. I think it was the combination of everything coming at once. And it was just that one foot. Because I remember how bad he looked that, that game against the Bucks. That Thursday night game. Like, Thursday night game. Yeah. That was his last game, if I remember correctly. I believe so. And it was just like, wow, Cam's not. And and we all said it in in our fantasy chat. Cam's not looking right. Something's up with Cam. What? But that's still even a sprained foot. That's like a month. When was the car accident? A couple years ago. Before last season? That was a couple years ago. Cam Newton car accident. Um, 2014. Okay, that was way. I do. Yeah, I that remember. was Super Bowl run. I knew it happened. Um, so it's just oh, there's it says two. He had the shoulder surgeries, and a Liz Frank fracture in his foot. Okay, so that's. I mean, that's a full. Yeah. Plus his shoulder. So that's that was the whole thing. Like last year, in the two games that they that they let him play, he ran the ball five times. I mean, that's just not. He can't be a, an effective quarterback if he's going to run the ball twice a game. It's just not. He's not accurate enough. His completion percentages are around like sixty, which is, I mean, it's not really not good enough to be completely honest. But and he's better than. I'm pretty sure he's better than Jason Statham, or whatever the hell that guy's name is. Statham. He's not the yeah. guy from Hobbs and. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not Idris Elba from Hobbs and Shaw. Does anybody see that movie? It's a good movie. Hobbs and Shaw is no, good. It's on HBO now, so I'll, yeah. I'll watch it. Soon Give it a shot. Um, he's definitely gonna be, make them better. They don't. He doesn't have a lot of help, to be completely honest. Like yeah, but you don't settlement. need help in that lineup. You do Bel- though. Belichick just makes it work. Well, I think with the running game, I think with the running game, it, it with uh, Sony Michelle and James White as the passing option, I think they'll be okay. The only problem is they don't have any tight ends. Uh, former Giant preseason great Alec Hoss is their number one tight end, so that's not good. Um, See, but, my biggest thing with them is, and they could probably get uh, Nikhil Harry make maybe play a little bit better. Well, he's going to have to take a step, yeah. And what's his name? They have another... Uh... And they still have Sanu, so... Yeah, Sanu is the guy I was thinking of. Um, and what's his name? Who is the other receiver? Just... Oh, Chris Hogan? Isn't Edelman still there? I said Edelman. Yeah, we, yeah, oh, I didn't hear Edelman. That's the first one I said. Yeah, he's the only guy that I trust. He's the only guy with cachet uh, of name other than yeah. Sanu to the extent. Right, but, but here's the thing with Cam. How is Cam going to act that first time he makes a mistake and Belichick tries to pull him to the side? Is Cam just going to walk by him? I think I think Bill has enough respect. Uh, uh, Bill has enough respect in the game that Cam's going to be okay. And I think it's one I of think them, I think Cam- it ends up being like you were saying, Danny. It'll be like a respect thing. I think that that's why it took so long for him to sign. Belichick had to see that from him. I'm sure Belichick's been in contact with him this entire time. And probably had to see it from him. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. It's just weird can, that can Cam I was trust only you to able... trust me? Or am yeah, I going to have to I deal think, with you? I think with McDaniel, they're going to find a way to get Cam more... They're going to get Cam more involved in the running game, and it's going to be... Sony Michelle is... is I think Sony Michelle is going to really benefit from this, and if if there is fantasy football this year, I would try to get Sony Michelle as quickly as possible in this year's draft because of Cam. The, the only thing with Cam is he never struck me as a guy that was high maintenance. He just, he had that, the only thing, he, the issue he had was this post-game press conference when he walked off, but that, that's... Yeah, I, that wasn't I'm, even I'm, that bad. I'm more leaning towards with you, Vin, on that type of thing. I'm, he just, he's not going to dress the same, which is going to be just interesting. That's always interesting. That, to mean, see. that means hilarious with the Patriot logo with this headscarf. Yeah, I mean, it's just... And his glasses. Just not, that but that's... Cool. He's probably going to tone that down, I but think. But Cam, Cam's a lovable guy. I, I, I think right. Cam's one of the more lovable guys of the league. I, I they, He's one of the more, like, advertise... You could definitely advertise the league and show what the league's... Like, the good things about the league when sure. you advertise Cam. Sure. There's... Or worse people. Right. I think he at least makes them a playoff. I think they're they're back to being the favorites in the division, my personal personally. Yeah, if the defense stays what it was last year and because I still don't trust Cam's Josh Allen. healthy. And Cam, yeah, well, yeah. Like people just anointing Josh Allen a franchise quarterback, and I just don't agree. And. Yeah. The Jets, we don't know. And the Dolphins, I mean. So, I a, little, a little NBA note here, by the way, this okay. week. There is officially no longer any basketball player who's ever play, who played in the 1990s active in the National Basketball Association. Yeah. It's pretty wild that, if, if that Vince Carter has played in four decades. <laughs> pretty wild. Um, Damn. Did he? Yeah. 90s? Yeah, 99, 99, 2000s, and 10s, 10s and 20s. Wow, yeah, wow. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Wild, right? That's a that's a really, I mean, if I was him, Are there I would have played in the 90s. Is there any year. athletes that still played in the 90s? The I don't think so. A couple of guys. Really? There's got to be somebody out there that was, like, drafted and started in, like, 99. Chara. Chara, yeah. Chara oh, okay. and Thornton. You're right, Thor- oh, Joe Thornton, too, in 97, he got drafted. You're right. And Charo okay. was either the year before or a year after him. I don't think there's any baseball. Is there any baseball players? Doubt it. Mm, no, nah, nothing's ringing a bell. No. No 20-year baseball players are at the moment. Right you don't now. hear about 20-year-old. You, most you not, get out of baseball players is 15. Not very often. Fif- between that 15th to 20th year. Somewhere in there is where they usually retire. Before you, before we know it, it's gonna be uh, Trout and Harper, and we're gonna go where the, where where did the time go? Right. Two thousand fourteen for both of them. So yeah. you mentioned Trout and Harper, and I always associate at least Trout with Stanton because they I think they came at the same time. Did you know that if you don't count steroid guys, John Carlos Stanton is the National League home run champion? Like ever really? of all time. If, no, uh, no, single season wise. Makes Ever, sense. All, all the single season guys above him are Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa. 
I thought that uh, well, he had those years of fifty plus. That thirty he... for that thirty for thirty was straight trash. Oh, and okay. then fifteen minutes, the fifteen minutes left, and they basically blamed Bonds. Was pretty funny. Oh, I I shut it off early. I didn't even finish it. Like I was just like, I want a thirty for thirty about that year needs to be about the steroids that they use. Start with the steroids and work your way backwards. Yeah, not big. Right lost it completely i think if sosa was the one to break it instead of mcguire i think it would have been a better thing because of because sosa is more entertaining on top sure. of it but yeah so that's i just found that interesting i looked at the list and his 59 is the most outside of that, that makes sense because i was like because like in the in the, the thing bob costa says like they should basically they their stats shouldn't count so if you're not counting them, according to Bob Costas, John Carlos Stanton is the has the most home runs in the history of a single season for the National League. So good for him. That's interesting to hear. I'm trying to think of any. To- I'm trying to look up any what ba- like oldest baseball current active baseball players. Oldest. I mean that should be an easy thing to right? type in. Baseball players. Is there any 40 year old guys I can't? Oh Bart. Bart, Pujols. Bart played in the nineties. When did Pujols, Pujols come up? Pujols came up in one. Fernando Rodney's forty-two. Oh, hey, Jesus! But when did he come up? Because baseball players don't come up till the twenty-three, twenty-four. Who's the oldest? Anyway. Oldest active major league. Oldest players in the major leagues. Let's see. Come on, come on, come on. Load. Um, you got. Pujols, first season was 2001. Yeah. Rich Hill is 39, but 2005. The Yankees have a catcher named Eric Kratz, 2010. Oliver Perez, 38, first season was 2002. Damn. 2002? <laughs> yeah, his first season was 2002. Jesus. Yeah, Bartolo started in 97, so he's... Yeah, Polo would be the last. Last just the only one. Well, these are the active guys. That's what I. That's what came up here. No, these yeah, are the he's, active ones. He's active, but he's not on a team technically. Right, 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 right. He's. He, these are the guys who are on teams. Yes. Eleven oldest active major league baseball players include Adam Wainwright. I mean, oh. the fact that Adam Wainwright's old just. <laughs> Like, yeah. sucks. I'm going to go jump out of the window. Like, 2006 was 14 years ago. Yep. I mean, honestly. I'm going to go jump out of the window. Rajay Davis is on this list for older players. 39 really? years. Yeah, he's pretty old. He's 39 years old? I yeah. Made his debut in 2006. Wow. Like you said, baseball um, players don't come up, like... At young ages. No, right. I I know that. I'm just it's right. still. Like, like if they get drafted at a high school, they're 18. They probably takes three to four years. If they get drafted at a college, they're 21, and it still takes a couple of years. Pujols was the closest 2001. And Fernando Rodney is older than Pujols. Fernando but Rodney's 42 up. years old. I mean, it's just it still sucks. Well, yeah, he's never he hasn't been good since like 2010, probably. 
MLB debut was May 4th, 2002. Uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. looking for... There's also a Fernando Rodney trending. highlight video on uh, on YouTube. My The only Fernando Rodney highlight I remember, and that it just sticks in my head, is he was pitching against the Angels, and he got out of the eighth inning, and he then he did the arrow thing in the eighth inning, and the Angels got pissed, and then Trout and Pujols came back against him in the ninth, and they did the arrow thing back at him, and it was funny. That was the only, that's the only thing I remember. I remember that. Uh, I think that's it for uh, Twitter topics. The SND Podcast channel could be listened to on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, SNDblog.com. We could also be found on all of the social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Don't forget, since you love our show so much, make sure to rate, review, and of course, share with all your family and friends. All right, welcome back to episode 253 of the SND Podcast Show. We're going to do a little something different here and a little something special here all at the same time. We are going to welcome in our special guest this week. Uh, we got Fess here from the Blue and Orange Army. What's going on, Fess? What's up? What's up? Good to see you. Good to be on the show again. Glad to be back. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, we're doing something a little different here. Uh, me and Steven, we, I actually traveled out to Fest to kind of do a live little recording with him. Danny and Vin will be back in a little bit. So, with that being said, Fest, how's everything going? You know, lockdown started like mid-March. Everybody's good? Family's good? Yeah, yeah, you know, um, you know, we struggle somewhat like everybody with some of the things going on. Or, I don't know if struggle is the word, but, you know, we deal with it right. as much as we all can, you know course we have to be careful for you know the people who are uh definitely more at risk so and there's definitely a couple of people like that in my life directly so i'd, I'd be a little bit extra careful for their sake of course but um yeah in the most part i mean I, when i work usually anyways the jobs that i do a lot of times i have to wear a mask regardless i do like construction and different things so right. to me the wearing the mask kind of thing is just like oh another day yeah <laughs> forgot that I was wearing the mask. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. So um, as people know, Fest is one of the original members of the Blue and Orange Army, 10 years running now, right? Oh, yeah. We're going to have, for the first time ever, Fest and I actually have the coolest thing ever. We have hockey on our birthdays this year, yep. all because of this COVID. Um, thoughts on that? Like, just the fact that you're going to play hockey in July. Yeah, there's, that's <laughs> a massive, massive, crazy thing for me. Just like you know, obviously, you know, my my birthday being at the end of July, I've never had much of any Islander event around my birthday. Maybe like a scrimmage or a, a skate or something like, but, you know, we're talking about not only games, but, you know, playoff games. And granted, yeah, the scenario and the situation, it's all wacky in many ways. Right. But at the same time, when it comes down to it, you know, I'm rooting for the Islanders to win the cup all year, every year, no matter what. I don't care. And in a way, you could easily say that this is the hardest cup to win, too, because... All the teams are going to be dealing with different things. Uh, you know, there's different variables. So, you know, it puts everybody more on an even plane. And then you got, you know, a lot of teams that are very highly skilled out there that, you know, you're putting everybody on an even plane. Obviously, they're going to, you know, with all their skill, they're going to have a chance to maybe best everybody else. You know, it depends how it goes, though, because if they don't adapt as well, then it could come down to whichever team adapts the best. You know, it. It's going to be super interesting to see it play out either way, that's for sure. 
And, um, of course, you know, we won't be in the arena as fans ourselves right. for a while. Um, technically, uh, you know, like, I think just, like, to predict it, maybe, like, November, uh, December, January is what I had been saying. But, uh, you know, maybe I'll stick with that for now. But it's really hard to tell exactly, right. you know? Right, 100%, 100%. So, as people know, the Blue and Orange Army, we're always in 229, both Brooklyn and Long Island, soon yep. to be Belmont. Um, pretty soon. Well, pretty soon to be Belmont. <laughs> 329. Uh, 329 though. in Belmont, yeah. huh? Okay, okay. Well, so no, it's, you said 229 in the other ones, which, it, it, whichever number it is, is 329. It ends us. with the 29. Yeah, yeah. As long as it ends with a 29, we're going to be good, well, right? Well, no, but we'll put the three over the other two, like, right. you know. That's true, that's <laughs> but, true, that's true. No, in Belmont, though, yes, is you know, it's going to be 329. Um, <clears throat> I'm saying that, like, you know, the way that I say it, it makes it sound like it'll say it right there, you know, out in the open, and. I don't mean to say in any different way. Okay, cool. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> We're going to get into Belmont in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's stick to what's going on now. Yeah, yeah. Um, since there won't be fans, and it's going to be pretty weird being that they're going to be hub cities and things like that. You're going to have designated arenas that these teams are going to be. We're not going to have that ability to be in, be there in person to watch our team play. So what's the Blue and Orange Army game plan, you know, now that things are starting to open it up and we're getting more opportunity to go to different places? Yeah, definitely. That's an awesome question is, you know, um, Obviously, because these games are at an odd time of the year, like we were saying and all this, everybody's going to want to host something in a way. Every place is going to say, I want to have all the outdoors come here. Yeah. And they're all going to say that they got the best thing going on and this and that or whatever, because that's what always happens. So what we'll do is what we always do pretty much. Or, you know, the way that I always try to do it at least. And, you know, everybody in the group is we try to stay loyal to our places. You know, they, they do us good and we. We do them good in return. So, you know, there's a few places, you know, like, uh, I guess, like, um, you know, obviously, like, Coasters and, you know, definitely, like, uh, Oyster Bay Brewery right. and definitely Tap. And, um, uh, they, you know, there's a few places. I, I feel like I might be forgetting one or two off the top of my head. But even, you know, maybe at my house or for one of them or at Lisa's house for one of them, depending on... You know how things play outdoor, out. Outdoor viewing parties at a house. It's yeah, be great this summer. That's where, <laughs> you know, for anybody listening, we're, we're out here in the backyard right now, and uh, you know, Steve can tell you we got a lot of room for. You know, we've had a bunch of viewing parties out here before, and you know, it works out pretty good. Same thing at Lisa's house, you know, and of course, it depends on which way it plays out. You know what I mean? Right. I can't. And guarantee of course, the safety of everybody it. and. Yeah, exactly. At the end exactly. Of the day. That's why I can't guarantee that I would host it because it would depend on the scenarios. I'm not just going to say ahead of time, you know, without right. knowing. That's, you know, that would be kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. No, so. 100%. But at least there's a game plan, right? Oh, at least yeah. we're going to be able to hang out as a family as we always do as kids. Yeah, and of course, part of the plan, too, one of the places, maybe, depending on how things go, it would be awesome if we could tailgate in the Coliseum parking lot. But that brings up the Coliseum, right. which, of course, as we know, the doors are shut. It's, uh, what was it? Not this last weekend. This is Sunday Past couple today. Weeks, but yeah. No, the weekend before right. was the final events. I, I have some friends that, you know, work there, obviously, too. You know some people there, too. And uh, they told me, too, like, yeah, most likely that those last couple of um, the movies that they showed, right. that was it. And then they were going to close it. Now, obviously, it seems like, you know, well, they just spent all these millions of dollars on renovating the thing. Um, you know, it's right there. There's a lot of demand from the public to have events there. Right. So it seems like the common sense answer would be to have events there, you know, at this, you know, once the time is good and everything. Right. hundred percent. So with something with like tailgating outside, maybe that could be possible. But then what even happens to, to get to that point? Like who 
has to talk to who, who's in charge of what. Do they even go along with it? Or are they all kind of being stubborn about it and just being like, you know, we're going to play these political games back right. and forth and at the fans' expense, which that sucks because that parking lot will just sit there then when all of the fans could be there, nicely spread out. Right. You know, you imp- you bring in a bunch of porta potties and stuff. You figured out the movie thing. Why not yeah. figure out for the playoff games? Same right? idea as the movie thing, just around the whole. Because, you know, obviously the, the movie was being shown on that, uh, the Jumbotron screen on the outside of the south side that kind of right. looks to the gas station at Hempstead Turnpike. Hempstead Turnpike, yep. Sunoco and, yeah, Starbucks and Papa John's and all that. Good stuff over there. <laughs> Well, um, see, my opinion on the whole Coliseum thing is simple. The guy, pay, the guy who bought it, the guy who used to own the Nets, the Russian guy, right? Yeah, Prokolov, uh, I think. Yeah, Prokolov, or something like that, right? The reason he bought it was because nothing else was happening on Long Island, and he was thinking yeah. along the lines of, okay, I could eventually move the Islanders out of my building and move them into that building, and it'll be fine. But when Ledecky took over and was like, yo, I'm getting Belmont, now this guy's thinking, wait, I just invested money in something, Belmont's going to pop up, and we both know once Belmont pops up. Yep. It's it's upsetting for us being all those years we spent at Nassau Coliseum. Yeah. But it's going to be great to have our own building. Oh, yeah. The, I, Belmont, the arena at Belmont is going to be immaculate. I, I know that for a fact. I've seen some plans, you know, because, of course, you know, as one of the leaders of the group and – or whatever, you know, I, I'm in a lot of the meetings with all the staff about different things moving forwards as far as, like, the amount of uh, space and tickets that, we, that we're that we going to be able to get, where we're going to be sitting in Belmont, all those kind of things. And uh, just from being able to see glimpses at plans and, you know, of course, all the renderings that we all see are beautiful. Right. And uh, not just that, but some of the stats, like, some of the, the main talking points that they've put out information on, like, key information about, you know, bathrooms and you know other other things and all that outdoor stuff. areas right. which you know like all these cool things or restaurants bars the whole pavilion thing all these other things going on there's so many different angles that they that they're coming at it from uh i think that it's going to be a huge success really i i really really do and from talking to a lot of the staff that's in there now because i mean in the last 10 years even and even more than that because obviously i've been a fan my whole life uh, you know i was born during the dynasty i had season tickets myself since I think it was O two, mm-hmm. um, it might have been the season after that I had the tickets after the Toronto uh, playoff year. Okay. Uh, either way, though, um, yeah, the staff has changed through the years, and the staff that's been there, they a lot of them did what they could, but they were faced with a lot of adversity and hurdles that they couldn't overcome because of unforeseen circumstances when they go into some things and then you know political nonsense and this and that happens the staff that's in there now they're not only are they doing a great job but um they're having the doors are going to be open for them a lot more and they're, they're doing a really great job i don't mean to just say a great job they're doing an outstanding job and uh like moving forwards with all the different angles and details that they're showing that they care about i really think that this is going to come out to be something that you know, every Islander fan, no matter where you're sitting in that arena, you're going to have a perfect view. You're going to be in an aw- awesome atmosphere. You're going to be watching a team that, you know, hopefully is competing, you know, not just for the playoffs, but, you know, for making runs and for the cup in the playoffs every year, you know. Right. So, or at least, you know, you can't figure it. Every team can't make it to the finals or even the conference <laughs> finals every year. But at least if you're competitive enough in the thing, you know, 
and you put out a good product and it's entertaining for the fans to watch and you know it's good Islanders hockey then the fans will be there and they will support it so I really think that they get the whole gist of the the overall package and everything that's happened in the history and that moving forwards it'll all work out for the best awesome 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 so you said you were talking to them about Belmont what are some of the plans you can release to the public you know yeah, well um, <laughs> I know that I know when you and I were talking off air, there's a lot of things that you said can't be released. So what can be yeah, released? Yeah, well, you know, like, uh, of course, like, you know, I, I have to, out of respect, always wait for things that we're talking about because I've learned myself too, not from saying things too early, but just through all the years, there's a lot of things that get on the table that never get very far. Just, you know, great ideas that because of something, some kind of hurdle, it doesn't happen. That being said, again, like I just said, the hurdles have been removed a lot more recently, so things are doors are opening, more possibilities are are seeming to be on the horizon, and that's a great, great thing, including expanding the amount of seats that we can get for the Blue and Orange Army because we've had <clears throat> a lot of demand through the years, but, you know, of course at Barclays Center we had as much supply as we wanted, just like anybody did, Right. you know, but it, it, the demand wasn't there the same, and at the Coliseum, we didn't have nearly as much supply because the demand is through the roof. And then plus, when they changed to the renovated Coliseum, they were um, shooting on the opposite side. So we're on the shoot twice side instead right. of like it used to be on the defend two times side, which is the side that we will be on in Belmont. I'll say that much for sure is the defend two times side, which is also the north side of the arena, just for anybody that curious about that kind of little <laughs> right. tidbit. That's the side right up uh, against the... The Belmont Racetrack main stand, just a hundred feet away or whatever. Um, cool. And, so date, uh, it's one o'clock game, then go see some horse races. Got yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be crazy. I don't know if they would schedule events on the same day though. I, I would highly doubt it. But um, as well, far until as, it happens. Yeah, and it, same thing goes for like a possible outdoor game there. Like you know. I mean, I'm not the only one that's brought it up to some of the higher-up people and staff. Right. And, and, you know, it's a it's a topic that's already been thrown around for, you know, almost two years, ever right. since it was announced. It was like, well, what if they play an outdoor game right there on the on the racetrack or on the infield? Right. You know, in front of that 100,000-seat stand, which, all right, if you're – you know, if you're in the 20,000 or so in front of the <laughs> rink, you'll see it good. But as soon as you get anywhere out from the side. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's yeah. how it is. That was how it was at Yankee Stadium, too. You know, you had those yeah. good seats, and then you had where the bleacher seats where you really couldn't see anything except for looking at the scoreboard. But I, I think that even, like, in, in this, you know, in the New York um, region and all this stuff going on with a brand-new, you know, arena. I mean, yeah, we're not in the arena then for the thing. We're outside, but a brand-new experience playing outside at that racetrack and that historic racetrack. I think that if they sold those far away seats on the really hard angle that you really wouldn't even see nothing but a screen maybe, you know, people they could sell them for five bucks. People people would do it. Set the new record. The record is, I think, 112 or 13. Or no, I'm wrong. I think that the record is 102 or 3,000 for the big house, the, the big freeze at the big house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was something like that, yeah. So if that main stand fits 100,000 and you build a stand in the infield on the other side and maybe behind the two nets too. Right. You know, something like that, you know, you could easily break the 100,000. Right, you could definitely get more people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that would be cool, too, because especially with the NHL and NBC, NBC is the ones that show the race. They'll be like, wait, we basically, we know exactly how to set up there. Let's do it. Yeah. It's not like they would say no. It's just a matter of the NHL themselves. Yeah, and and obviously they're fit to accommodate so many, you know, 100,000 people or whatever. It does happen. Right. Not this year, but pretty much every year. 
you know, they pack that place completely out. Right. On At least event. once a year, right, for the big race. Yep, which yeah, is October, stakes. which is cool because it's going to be October this year, and depending on what happens when the finals is, could yeah. be having an opening day and, uh, and a Belmont Stake yeah. fight. <laughs> that could be crazy. Well, you mean opening day for the Islanders? Yeah. For hockey? Well, I don't know if that would be... Oh, yeah, yeah, wait, they just did the Belmont. My bad, my bad. They actually just raced the Belmont with nobody there. No, but even for October being opening day for the Islanders, I'm not sure if that'll be the case. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what but, happens. My well, well, just timeline-wise, right? So figure it out. If it, if it starts at the end of July, right. then we're talking about that they're playing at least all the way through August, August and into halfway into September, right? There's no way that they're doing preseason then and that. So really, then they're going to start probably November, in December. Probably November, December. Yeah. Probably end of October starts like preseason. Well, figure if the playoffs take about two months, then figure that the season could be delayed about two months. You know what I mean? And then the time lost, you know what I mean? There's, there's a couple of different ways that it could go about it at that point. They could play more games, you know, and be condensed into certain, you know, areas kind of right, where yeah. it would be a lot easier and you would get – Kind of like right now in the Premier League, you know, there's they're catching up and they're playing game after game after game. Like, it's crazy. Well, that's one of the things they were saying with the with the hub cities. It's going to give them the advantage of nobody has to travel. Yeah. So they're going to be able to condense game. They may they may do, like, game one and two back-to-back, day, day or two that's off. That's a pretty good idea, day, those hub cities. Day, day four, day four <laughs> five, five. I just wish it was closer, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Coliseum's got nothing well, going won't on. Well, you won't be able to do anything but there, but... Uh, Yep. Coliseum's, <laughs> Coliseum's got nothing going on. They got a nice hotel right across the street. One yep. team per floor. There you go. <laughs> Definitely. Garden City Hotel, rent it out. You got a couple extra floors. There you go. I you actually, uh, I don't know if I should say this or not because it's kind of, I don't know, it kind of sounds <laughs> whatever way, but I don't know. I just think it's funny in a way, but that's how the idea started, all right? It's just <laughs> so about three or four months ago and you know somebody could check back on my facebook and see the thing too mm -hmm. if they wanted to whatever it was when when all the stuff when the you know everything went down and i was going hmm if they just all went to the coliseum and just stayed <laughs> at the at the marriott and just quarantined the whole place off like an olympic village i was saying it before day one basically right, like right, when right. it was all very just starting i was like this is going to shut down they should do that quarantine <laughs> them all instantly have their families all go there too. Right. All the families are all invited. They all get treated to the to the max. You know, the best way. They all get tested. They're all clean and safe in there. They don't got to worry. Until you're eliminated, then you'd be out into the streets. And, right. You know, be safe. <laughs> but <laughs> Best of luck. But, you know, so, yeah, that was the, the point that I was getting to. So then I was thinking that, and then, you know, I talked to some of these higher-up people sometime in the franchise, and the guy that runs the, the whole Belmont plans, he made the plans, all these things. Like, uh, you know, he's basically Ledecky's right-hand man in a way. I just happened to be on a casual call with him just talking and uh, not to get, you know, but, you know, yeah, I mentioned it to him just like casually. I was like, you know, they should do this and that. He was like, oh, I think I'll mention that to them. And I was like, what? And, he, <laughs> and then he told me like some time later, he was like, he was like, looks like your idea might make it. And yeah. I was like, really? So, yeah. Like I said, good idea there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know for sure, but it seems like that's the way that it all played out from what he says. I feel like so right now. it's kind of funny for me because I guess that I, I guess I had the idea. I guess it went through. <laughs> right, right now, looking at the numbers of the of the COVID that's going on, I feel like New York may be the best place to put all the teams in. This. Right? But, but in, in all reality, though, really out of the players' safety and all this. And then that was originally, and, I, and really the idea 
as it morphed within the conversation, it kind of led to, you know, or maybe better yet that they play in four different arenas, one for each conference, you know, which right. makes a lot more sense. And then, you know, yeah, even moving forwards to the beginning of next year, you could say that, you know, you could put the four conferences in four different places. You know, you're going to you're gonna have to hook up the families and have them all come there and right. treat them really good so they don't get shorted in the process because, you know, you don't want to do them wrong. And, it's not and right. And to add to that, it's like you can actually send them to some place. Like the Metro can literally come to the tri-state area, and bam, you got three Arunas. Yeah. Brooklyn, the Garden, and and uh, no, the Coliseum, or even, even New Jersey. You got four arenas right there. See, all within me, a decent travel. Them, most of them are, are not uh, suitable for, for the needs of this situation. What it needs to be is a scenario sort of like, I mean, the Coliseum is perfect, but something of that sort, at least, where you have an arena and a hotel attached, Nothing in between. Yeah, or at least a lot of the, some of the arenas, they have, uh, like, underpasses to hotels that are next door. Right. That's perfect, too. But a way that they can be quarantined off in such a way when they can actually lock that down like a mini Olympic village. You know, mm -hmm. when nobody gets in, nobody gets out. Nothing, nothing, nothing. They have their chefs in there. They have their food in there. Right. You know, things get delivered safely. And then, yeah, if you go to the extreme, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. And anybody that can, you know, think, you know, th is there a problem here? And then think of the answer. There's, there's an answer if you want it. But a lot of people don't necessarily always want the answer is the there's, thing. There's always there's an answer fear. to every problem. You just got to think about it. Yeah. You have to overcome the fear of the possibilities of the unknown, too. But... You know, if you cover all your bases, then what do you have to fit? You know what I mean? It's right. just a matter of being smart. That's, to me, really the whole thing that all of the stuff comes down to, like not to get into the political end of it, because right. I know that that's not what the show is about, <laughs> and I don't want to even talk about politics. But in general, just people in general, if they just only worried about fighting against stupidity and stuff like that, dumb things, and just worried about being a little bit smart or just don't be dumb, the world would be a great place. Could have peace on earth, <laughs> but good luck with getting people enough to come. <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. So what what other plans are with the Blue and Orange Army right now? You know, right now there's no, you know, if we do get fans next season for the 2021 season, there looks like they're who knows where they're going to be playing. Mm -hmm. So what would be the uh, the game plan of wherever they go, we go, right? Yeah, yeah, where they play, we follow. But, at, well, at the same time, you know, if we can't go into anywhere or do this or that. Right, right, right. You know, so we'll just stick to the plan, like Tara would say. <laughs> and um, and basically, like I was saying, you know, well, we have our places that we're loyal to. We have a bunch of them. Even also Sinclair's I didn't mention around the corner. That's a great Islanders bar right around the corner from me mm -hmm. here. Um, you know, there's a few others, too. Um, so, you know, we'll stick to our... our our traditional spots and you know remain loyal to them and you know if there's there's enough to go around through a handful of spots or so that if we're playing the whole season even on the you know without fans in there then that would be the case we would just go from place to place you know as long as it's Make safe. a rotation yeah as Make far as as far as it goes like we gotta play everything by ear as it goes you know it's it gets stressful if you think about it too much but the best thing to think about when it comes down to it all is that, without a doubt, we'll be smart about it, and right. we'll be fun about it as, as much as we can be. We'll have as much fun as we can, we'll be all together as much as possible, right. and we'll be smart along the way. We won't be stupid, you know? <laughs> so, the same thing as everybody should do, you know, just have a good time and be smart about it, and, you know, the world will keep on turning, so, 
want you all here to turn along with it with us. So. Right, right, right. Okay, cool, cool, <laughs> so cool. Let's all be safe and smart. So what else you got for us? You got anything else? Yeah, well, I mentioned before something about the Premier League. I got to say congratulations to my team, Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> Finally champions 30 years later. Um, I mean, I've only been really a supporter for maybe 15-ish years or so, 14, 15. But that was just when I got into it and when family, you know, I contacted family back, asked who I was supposed to root for and this and that. But, um, yeah, that's going on. You know, we play some wiffle ball games out here for fun. Keep, keep some, uh, you know, a little bit of social interaction going on in a safe way. You know, we like to stay outside, keep a little distance and, you know, but still have a good time and, you know, not get too stressed out about all the craziness that everybody, it's easy to fall into that. That's, that's the gist of what's going on. I mean, you know, just really looking forward to Belmont too and everything. There's been, like I said, there's been ongoing talks. Even just this week, I was on the phone with, um, uh, I was on the phone with one of the, the ticket um, bosses of, like, the, the ticket people, ticket reps and everything, and I was on the phone for, like, an hour just talking about the, all these awesome things, like, just ideas. Like, for example, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of the, the cool ideas. These are This is really cool. Um, not that it'll necessarily ever happen, you know. You could say that, uh, even like I said to them, you could even say that this is, like, a pipe dream idea, but at the same time, if you really think about it, it's the best idea. Um, at Belmont, before anybody can select a seat, you kind of uh block off the area right behind the team the away team's bench right from there from the glass all the way to the back row right and then you make that into away uh fan seating first so you offer it to each team that's going to be coming to visit that up until two weeks before whatever game they can sell these tickets to their fans and you know they could all sit together and think about that if it was that same way in every arena how much fun it would be to travel how much better the atmosphere would be even for the home fans it's better because you know a lot of the away fans won't be sat with you as much and you know you will all be with your own fans more there's fun times to be had being sat and mingled with the you know different fans too so and you know it's not like there'd be like a wall of security or something in between the block if so um like, like they do in soccer or something like that but uh, yeah, that would be a really cool idea. Also a family section, that would be a really cool idea. Just basically say one corner of the arena where, you know, depending on how much uh, demand there is for it, they can offer people that are gonna be signing up, hey, if you're a family and you have kids, you know, we're gonna start out with this one section and kind of see what the demand is and make it into a family kid-friendly zone where it's gonna be more like uh, about, you know, don't curse, don't, oh, you suck, I hate you, die, you know, like extreme, crazy stuff and you know just a more kid-friendly environment because of course at hockey you know we're crazy fans we curse we go nuts and uh it's not the same day and age as it was when i was a kid when it would just get told hey what happens at hockey stays at hockey i mean for some part it is for some people but we know that there's a lot of people that feel otherwise too so you know just a couple ideas just thinking about the fan base as a whole and you know just awesome little things and again those things may or may not happen but those, those are the kind of things that have been going on mostly. Just some cool little talks here and there and talking about how much capacity we're going to be having in our section. Oh, that's one other really cool thing. The back half of our section, and I'm pretty sure the two sections next to us, one on each side, the back half of it are going to be standing only, safe standing seats, which means that there won't be a seat there. There'll be a, an there'll be a row and there'll be an indication of the spot, but it won't be a seat. So we'll have some rows in the back. I'm not sure even how many rows are going to be in that section. 
I think that it's nine or something from the look of it at the the um the art. It looks like eight or nine, but uh, the back, however many rows, then would be standing in those sections. So it's going to really create like a you know, and there's the bar is right there behind there too. So that's going to be like an awesome, awesome hangout area over there. It's just going to be cranking every game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So how do people keep up with the Blue and Orange Army? Yeah, so, you know, we're on all the social medias, um, you know, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, those are those are Blue and Orange Army, I think, or Boa something. I don't even remember all the names. <laughs> you know, Fessel Vision is, is my thing that's on the uh, YouTube where I post all the recaps uh, from all the games and some other things. So you could always check that out as well, of course. And uh, the website, of course, blueandorangearmy.com, uh, which I've been slowly working on updating here and there. Uh, there's, there's a lot of pictures to upload. <laughs> I, asked, I asked the people in the group on the Facebook page. I don't know if you saw that. I did, I did, yeah, I did. To upload some pictures like that, uh, to share some pictures on there that I can upload onto the website you know, that aren't on there. And then boom, hundreds, hundreds <laughs> of pictures come in and I'm like, okay, I'm a little overwhelmed now. We gotta <laughs> pause, let me catch up. <laughs> so, uh, and of course you could find some pictures now on the SN Snapshots website yes. as well. Yep. Blue I have that on the website too, yep. right? If you go yeah. on the website, you got yeah, the link there. Yep, so exactly. Cool. So if you go on the blueandorangearmy.com, you go to the the page, the SN, the, SNR page and then click on the I'm just trying to remember what it looks like in picture in my head I think that there's just a picture of your logo yeah and, and then they click can click right on, it. on that and it'll and bring it'll you right to the website directly to the website yep. yeah, so that's and nice of course thing. we will definitely be in touch you and I yeah, making yeah. sure I'm taking a lot of photos during all the outings we're gonna be doing during the definitely the and you know even more to do with other sports too just to comment like of course We'll be looking forward to news on all those sports, football, baseball, all these things. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes, man. It's it's a crazy time, but it's definitely been fun to talk about it. And, uh, you know, of course, we we all don't get a chance to hang out as much, so it's great to see you. And, yep. you know, I'll definitely be looking forward to those next times. Of course, one other thing is that 329 day party, it's still gonna be on, so whenever it may be, if it's in months or if it's in weeks or who knows when, that thing's gonna be on and we're gonna have you come down there as long as you can, still yep. as planned. We'd love to have you come down there and do a live show and have a couple of people come on and say a couple of words and you know, people that won't ramble as much as I do. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody knows me, that's how I do it. <laughs> well, with that being said, Fest, thank you very much for joining yep. us this week. We're looking forward to the season to start back up. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having Introducing me. Introducing SN Snapshots, a new photography business started up by SND Podcast co-host Steven. Make sure to follow him on all of social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching SN Snapshots. That's shots with a Z. He can also be reached very easily through his website snsnapshots.com so if you need a photographer for any sort of event and or project contact sn snapshots now so since there hasn't been real sporting events that we care about other than the soccer uh foreign soccer and nascar and golf uh, we've been doing our top five lists of uh certain topics and this week it happens to be top five NFL players that did not play for your team. So that excludes any Giant or Green Bay Packer on our lists. For I mean, you guys, guys can pick a Packer if you want. Well, no, that's what I'm yeah. saying. I have, right. a Packer. Yeah. I have a Packer on my list. And also, I made it where I would not use any Michigan players. 
Right. And I only so Denar Robinson is not on my list. Dallas Cowboy. Because there would have been like three Dallas Cowboys on this list. Because I just watched them so much. Got it. Willfully. Um, Number number five for me is Mr. Reliable. He's obviously going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer when he retires. It's really one of those what if games with him if he had better quarterbacks. Damn. Other than a couple of them during his prime is uh, Larry Fitzgerald. I forgot still, about Larry Fitzgerald. That's a good one. It, it was one of the funny things with Larry Fitz. Actually, like him, his his head, his name just popped up in my head. I'm like, holy crap! Why didn't I say Larry Fitz? And now I'm like, all right, Larry yeah. Fitz is on my list. So Larry is on my list. Just he's he's also part of the 2004 draft, and he's been a Cardinal all this time. He should have. He he would have won the and he would have won the Super Bowl MVP in Super Bowl Forty Three, yeah. if it wasn't for uh, Santonio Holmes and Big Ben. He had a crazy playoffs in general that year. He was just taking games over. Right, he had a crazy year. He was he yeah. was the Cardinals yeah. during their good times. He was there. He was their franchise. Yeah, he he's Mr. Cardinal for sure, especially yeah, just, when they've been in Arizona. It's it's just, and it was him and Anquan Bolden for the longest time. And when he had Kurt Warner that year, and he had um, Carson Palmer, he's just always been Mr. Reliable. And even though he's slowing down in age now, he's still he's still an awesome uh, possession receiver. In that playoffs, two thousand eight. Uh, first game, the wildcard game against the Falcons, he had six catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. Divisional round, eight catches, 166 yards and a touchdown. Championship game, nine catches, 152 yards and three touchdowns. And then the Super Bowl, seven catches, 120. Oh, yeah, yards that, and that two playoff touchdowns. run, he Just was unconscious. Unbelievable. unbelievable. And then unbelievable. he has other playoff moments. I'm sorry to bring sore subjects I mean, up. That, in, was a, but that was a hell of a run. I was like, twice. Yeah. And, uh, twice and then that other time was it two years ago three years ago when they beat the Packers and yeah. when Rodgers had that crazy fourth, fourth <laughs> final drive and then Fitzgerald in overtime was like oh never mind screw you guys I'm not giving you uh, the ball back I'm, I'm winning it now that so. was that playoff loss might have been the I mean it was a tough one obviously but like that was one of the easier ones because I wanted Fitzgerald to do well and Carson Palmer but yeah, he I mean, he caught a pass, broke like four tackles, got to the goal line, and then they threw a shovel pass to him on the goal line. Like it was just it was just him. That was gross. Millers. Yep. Jeff Janis. <laughs> what a day, Jeff Janice. The last time Jeff Janis was, you know, significant. Yeah. You know, he All was right. on the cameo. I was about to get you him. Was he? That would have been bad. I'll be honest. <laughs> I could have told him how you think how you told me every year he was going to be the best player on the team. I just said kick return. That's all I said. Anyway, uh, my number five is a former New York Jet. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Yes, Hall of Famer Curtis Martin. Yeah, um, he's on my honorable mention. Yeah, just another an all time good guy. Just looking at his stats are crazy. Rush for a thousand yards every year. 
except for 2005, which was his last season. He only played 12 games, but just, you know, all-time running back. Uh, on stuck with the Jets through a lot of lean years, not you know not necessarily the best years, even though he was on the '98 teams, the '98 team, and then the '99 team, and then a little bit of '405 when they were decent. But and he, he won was, the rushing you know, title with the messed up knee with that, um, so yeah, that was kind of crazy. Two, as well. 2004, 1697 yards and 12 touchdowns as a 31 year old running back, really crazy. Um, also, start and obviously started with New England. Um, we knew that. So yeah, Curtis Martin's my number five. That's my one jet. I had, I had to. I feel like I had to get a jet on there. Okay. Um. So my guy, my number five, did play for the Jets towards the end of his career, but he was mostly a Charger. The Damian Tomlinson. Oh, a good one. Um. One of my all-time favorite running backs. Just. You can't say, like, so his best years, we were probably, like, high schoolers. And, you know, yeah. you play, like, gym football, everybody made the same move when you scored a touchdown. It was the uh, the one hand behind the head and drop ball, drop the ball. Mm-hmm. So, loved watching LaDainian. Especially in the powder blues. I was going to say, that was the jersey to have a powder blue LaDainian Tomlinson Yeah, jersey. that was one of the jerseys, unfortunately, I didn't have, but I always wanted one. Um... Had one. I don't know what they did with it. I think I gave it away. Why this, this is a weird question, like to ask now, because we have no idea. Why was he never on the cover of a Madden? I, I think, think he, he they just never gave it to him. I That's don't know. So weird. Like Cole Pepper was on a cover. Like screw Cole Pepper. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a weird one. Anyway, number four for me. See, this is a tough one. Um. I'm going to go defense just be, to have someone on defense. And I'm going to go Ed Reed. Just whenever he had the ball in his hands, it was just magic. And he could have scored from and something yard, uh, 103 yards out, or he could have taken it 50 yards out, or he could have taken it on like the 10 out. Yeah, If he touched the ball, he, they were going to find a way to score. And he was just – he was uh, Ray Lewis's uh, Robin – for those Raven teams, and I always loved Ed Reed watching him play. So I'd read at four. Okay. Um, for the sake of the list, I had Ed Reed at three, but I'm just going to put him now at four just because it's easier. Uh, same, thing, same reasons you said. Just, you know, one of the all-time ball hawks. Again, Hall of Famer, nine Pro Bowls. 106-yard interception return and 107-yard interception return yeah. in his career. <laughs> That's just crazy to see. Um and yeah, like you said, he was the uh, the anchor with Ray of that defense for forever. And you just always thought, like, there were years in the middle where their defense wasn't great, but you just always thought it was good because he was there and Ray Lewis was there. Yeah, they, even though they weren't shouldn't be respected, they always had respect to their names because of those two guys. And also, Miami, we talked about this off-show, but Miami guy, University of Miami guy. Yeah, of course. See, that was part of the, re- yep. part of the reason why I converted. On that... I think he was on. Yeah, he was on that uh, team that lost to Ohio State. The, I guess that was a a one. Yeah. Yeah, and he also won. And I uh, remember, um, he did. YouTube it. He has a great halftime speech. That if you uh, just type in Ray Ed Reed halftime speech from Miami, 
It gets it gets me pumped up whenever I need a yeah. quick pick me up. As he's well. like, he's like playing with one arm or something. Yeah, something yeah, like that. Like, it was like, in the it was in the documentary too. Yep. Yeah. So Ed Reed is much later on my list. Um, but right now, like to the top. Yeah. Like. Okay. But Good. I'll go over the whys later on when we get there. Sure. Um, number one is his four. Basically, number four is his nemesis. Troy Palomalu. That guy just yeah, that like that guy that guy that guy was Cam Chancellor before Cam Chancellor was even a, considered a thing in this league. Um mm-hmm. like you hear the the McAfee story of Troy Palomalu is one of my favorite football stories of all time. Of them calling for the sneak on either a field goal or or a yeah. extra point field and goal. and the the hole opens up and he's just standing there waiting for Pat McAfee just blow him up and yeah it's one of my favorite stories and just like every time Troy Palomalu was on the field he was the guy who created that up up linebacker that up safety position because he'd stand on the line and before the quarterback even took a step he was already tackling the quarterback almost every time he probably he definitely at least repopularized it for the guys like Derwin James and Jamal Adams that are going now that are you know Landon Collins that are more around the line linebackers, but can intro, also do intro the role was that way. Intro role, intro role, one of the most versatile guys just ever. Like, he was a corner, mm-hmm. and then he just did everything. Intro yeah. role is the guy I should have put on this list. <laughs> Obviously, you guys couldn't, but like, well, we know that Court Webster is your number one, Ben. So, I mean, he was a nice guy about the. <laughs> about the he gave to it him, to so. the army guy, Vin. He gave it to the army guy. I can't do much about it. <laughs> you can't even be like, like if he kept nice it, okay, dude. you could still be upset with him. But he gave it to the army guy with no legs. He's a, he was a nice dude. <laughs> All righty. Anyway, go ahead. Number three. Danny. Number three. I am going to go with Marshawn Lynch. I've always... <laughs> I'm just going off my head. I'm always going off my head and... Freaking Marshawn Lynch, especially during fantasy football ever, I always ended up having him just because of the character that is Marshawn Lynch and him going beast mode on everybody. I I had to have Marshawn Lynch on my fantasy team every year. I would over I would draft him too high just because I would I just would need him on my team. And it paid off more times than not with him, especially his Seahawk error. And he's just a funny dude. And just, he was just a different guy. And I always loved him. Yeah. I, I, he's not on my list, but I mean, you guys know how I feel about the Seahawks. But yeah. he was never mm-hmm. a guy that like annoyed me. Like even Russell Wilson and the, and the whole Legion of Boom. I respect them. They're great players, but like they annoyed the hell out of me. It, he never annoyed me. He was just like, you just run people over and you do your thing. I'm good. Like, I'll, I'll worry about the rest of the guys. It's a good pick, Danny. Um, my number three. Uh, is this the first quarter? Yeah, the first quarterback I have on this list. The only quarterback. Nope. Second, there's another one. I forgot my own number one. Um, Kurt Warner. Is oh, couldn't pick him. Oh, I can't have him. I couldn't pick him. Right, <laughs> you guys could not pick him. I know for that one. That's year. why I didn't think of him. That's why for I didn't the think six of him. weeks he played. <laughs> nine. Yeah. He played nine weeks with the Giants. He was five and four, 
and then he got hurt. Um, I mean, we all love. I think we all love Kurt Warner. He's you know just that journeyman story, a great story. Um, unfortunately, uh, beat the Titans in that Super Bowl that annoyed me that day. Anyway, um, no, it's not his it fault. That what's his name? He got, not... he got robbed the other two. Super he Bowl. did he get robbed the other time. He would have been a three-time MVP. So it's just like what, yeah. What is, Coulda, woulda, shoulda with him. He could have been a three-time champion. He was uh, so close. Um, but yeah. So dumb. Two-time league MVP. Two-time All-Pro. If you really think... thought about it, he he left the field as a three-time Super Bowl winning champion, and then the, the other the, the defense both times blew it. Yeah. Yeah, if you and, really think about it, because he was up in both I of them. The, and the, the New England one, I mean, you could say there's there was definitely some... You know, and that not, was the better. That was the better Rams. Below the board too. things going on there. Yeah, that was the better Ram team too. That was the crazy thing about it. Sure, they went fourteen and two. The first one, I mean, he went eight and three with the first. So I guess he got hurt. I don't know what the record was, but they went fourteen and two. You know, the greatest show on turf, Falk and Tory Holt, Isaac Bruce. And then, of course, his kind of rebound with the Cardinals later on was, um, and we, like we mentioned, that Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. but of course, like this story, bagging groceries. Um, he never actually played for the Dragons. I think we went over that, but like the arena football backgrounds and that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Technically, if he did, we wouldn't be able to pick him. That's why. Well, he Clearly, played, Aaron Garcia played, is not on any of our lists. He list. played for the team <laughs> that became. The yeah, Dragons. he paid uh, like the Iowa. Barnstormers or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yep, that was it. The team that I guess Charles Wang bought to move to New York. But yeah, Stephen, go ahead. Number three, um, Danny had him earlier. Larry Fitz. Larry Fitz just, just you you look for no matter whether he's on your fantasy team or not, you look for every week of all right. What were Larry Fitz's numbers this week? And it was always. Especially early on in his career, 10, 11 catches, 80, 90 yards, a touchdown, sometimes two or three touchdowns. Just like you rarely saw him drop a ball ever. And that's what I always loved about him. And he's also just a great human being. He's one of those better just human beings in the world that, that like, if I'm gonna model of any football player around, he's at the top of the list. Larry Fitzgerald is second all time in catches in football history. He that is sounds less right. than less than two hundred catches behind Jerry Rice. I don't think he's gonna get there, even though he keeps going to play with Kyler. He's gonna to play like he has to play like three more seasons and get sixty catches every year basically. But still, I mean it's crazy. But now that he has Hopkins on the other side, it's going to be... Loot. I forgot about that. So he's going to get less catches, but he might be open more. Yeah, no, that's what, yeah, that's what I'm getting. Yeah. Getting that. Even now. Damn. All right. Danny, number two. Number two. Probably the reason why Vin's a Green Bay Packer fan. Oof. Brett, Brett Favre. Favre, he was Favre, one Favre, of Favre. My... You gotta say it right. You gotta, but far, 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 Favre from. Um, about Mary. That that lovable son of a bitch, man. It just that crazy hillbilly from Mississippi. Just I don't care if there's five guys on him, 
on my top wide receiver. I'm still going to find a way to throw it, throw it to him. Some more times than not, it will get picked off. I don't care, but I'm going to try it anyway. And, and if I score a touchdown, I'm going to be awesome. And just he was, he was one of my first moments of really remembering the Super Bowl was the Packers' um, Patriots Super Bowl, his only Super Bowl win. And then when they lost to the Broncos the following year, I that was when I was really starting to watch football. Obviously, I would have it on with my parent, my dad, and family members, but I actually like recognized the game and knowing what it is, and like actually partaking and like really watching it, and not like not paying attention kind of thing. So Brett Favre was one of my first favorite players in the league, and just. He was a fun. It was just fun loving and just love watching him play. Just compromise, uh, being on the run whenever he needed to make the play right, and just Brett Favre's Brett Favre and the Iron Man streak and just everything. So he's he's my number two. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he, he was. A, he's actually one of my honorable mentions. I I was listening to a podcast earlier today that was just it was a Packer guy breaking down Jordan Love basically he watched all of his tape from from uh, college and he just broke it down but he was talking about Favre and he was like he's maybe one of the only successful like team successful gunslingers in oh, yeah. like league history oh yeah like it's very sure. hard to win like that especially with the American you know the most interceptions in the history of the league but he always you know for the most part got it done yeah. um I mean, just I watching never... that before you even go on that Raider game. Okay. That guy chucked yeah, the ball in that Raider that game. Well, like, the day his father died, yeah. Yeah. Like, all he did was throw the ball in the air and hope that someone caught it. And every time it went up in the air, it was like, okay, why is this guy open in the end zone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, it, it's later in my, that game happened in 2003, I think. Mm-hmm. Either 03 or 04. Um, that kind of sealed it for me. I said earlier that I, I was sort of a Titan fan. I was kind of going back and forth, like I would root for both. But that night just sealed it for me. It was just not only the way he played, but just like you go back and watch some of those throws. They it's triple coverage, and just those guys were giving it all for him that night. And and you know it was it, one of the most unforgettable games I've you know obviously most of us have seen. But oh, oh crap, I messed well, up. A- Messed up a player. Crap, I can't believe I left him off the list. Oh, boy. Those well, are my favorite my, players. My, yeah. My, I, my... I fucked up. Marshall Lynch wouldn't, wasn't supposed to fuck. I'm, okay. I'm sick of oh, stomach. Oh, no. Okay, my number two. <laughs> uh, if I say the name, it might make you sick to your stomach again, Danny. I'm sorry. But it's Jason Witten. <laughs> Oh, I it's all good. I, in all fairness, yeah, I, I like just guys, pulled Jason Witten off my list. I, I know you guys have always I mean we've talked about this. Do you respect Jason Witten? Again, the reason I knew Larry Fitzgerald's catch things, Jason Witten is fourth all time in catches in the history of football. To me that's that's just insane. And, you know, one of the most consistent guys, also a, just a great person. That play it probably stands out in most of our heads, but when he ran over that guy on the Eagles and then had no helmet on and was run down the field. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget that. Um, just one of the all-time greats, Jason Witten. Oh, man. I'm so sick to my stomach oh, right now. God, I can't wait to hear this. Is Steven number two. Is it Ed Reed? No. My number two is actually Steve Smith. 
the receiver. Panthers. Son. Oh, that's a good one. He he would be on my honorable. He was Panthers. just again another player where you hated to play against him, but you loved watching him play. Mm-hmm. Whether it was Carolina, whether it was Carolina or or Baltimore, it was just throw the ball deep and this guy's going to catch it and he's going to make you look like a fool while he does it. It's funny with Steve Smith because, like, looking back, I remember being annoyed by like him and like the generation of diva receivers like T.O. and Chad and all those guys. I mean, yep. there was more Keyshawn and even all that. And then, like, once the the kind of group of, I guess, not like you know, not diva guys like Larry Fitz, Andre Johnson, Calvin Johnson, like those guys came in and were just like, I'm just gonna jump over you and run over you and not say anything. Uh huh. But, like, yeah, I mean, now looking back, like, Steve Smith was, a, like, Steve Smith's one of the most fun guys, like, definitely covering the sport right now. And right, like and also Chad, even covering, like and... What? Well, there you go. There's Vin's number one, Danny. It's Tim Tebow. Duh. I mean, we don't have to get into <laughs> Tim Tebow football-wise, I'm fine with. Are you, though? Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that season, honestly, nothing annoyed me more than, you're right, nothing annoyed me more than Tebow mania. Cause like it was, he was never actually good. <laughs> he was good for like ten minutes of every game. Like we gave him credit because Marion Barber fumbled and didn't run out of bounds. Like I, hey, I, hey, Jesus I, helped him. Jesus I, made I, him I, do Matt, that. Matt Prater was kicking sixty-yard bombs every day. <laughs> I mean, this guy. Honestly. Maybe maybe prayer works because it just never stopped. <laughs> maybe that maybe he should have been one of the final guys put on the Met roster for you. I I'm, I'll be surprised if he gets added to the roster. Yeah, that's what Anthony cost. At the at this point in the season, yeah, because it's almost time for him to start working SEC again. Yeah, like uh-huh. he's not exactly. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, <sighs> we're on to Danny's number one. Who's he's torn. Wow. Are you going to replace your number one that you had now? I'm so fucking torn. They're both Hall of Famers. Fuck. Oh, man. Uh, I'll give one A and one B quickly. Because I can't. I can't. I can't leave them both out. Randy Moss, one B. Just because he's the fucking super freak. And I... He was actually one of the few jerseys from other teams that I had growing up as a kid. Okay. Just he had the combination of speed. He caught everything, every deep ball. Dante Culpepper and uh, and um, what's um, what's the other quarterback? Um, Cunningham. Just yeah. everything. Like I'll never forget his rookie year, the Cowboy Thanksgiving game. He had three catches for 160 something yards and three TDs. Yeah. Um. Unfortunately, never won a Super Bowl thanks to the Giants. Appreciate you. Um, <laughs> but just Randy Moss was the just – I always got captivated watching Randy Moss. Unfortunately, he, he lost a couple of Giants every couple of times. Um, but you have your nickname. You got Moss on uh, Monday Night Countdown for a reason. Randy Moss was the man. And number 1A is Peyton Manning, the sheriff. I – Eli's bigger brother, for obvious reasons, I gravitated fantasy-wise from fantasy, and just whenever the Colts were on TV, uh, it was most must-watch tel- television, and 
so on when he went to the Broncos. I, I loved Peyton Manning and just watched every 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 game that was on national TV. I had I had it on for obvious reasons, other than fantasy. But I I, I just love Peyton Manning. Was Randy Moss the guy you forgot? Yes, okay. Randy Moss would have been where uh, Marshawn Lynch was. Yeah, I mean that's a similar kind of player, I guess, right? Yeah, similar kind of thing. Um. Okay, I mean my number one, pretty obvious, Steve McNair, Tennessee Titans. Um, just, I mean one of the toughest guys the league's ever seen. Played that whole season where he won co MVP with Peyton, like injured in the hospital, no practice, but still went out there and did his thing. Um, I talked about that Super Bowl. That Super Bowl that they lost to the Rams was the first Super Bowl I really remember like getting into. Mm-hmm. I sort of remember the year before with the, the Broncos beating the Falcons. But that year when they played the Rams was like the first game I really remember watching football-wise. And I just, I mean, I just fell in love with him and that team. And then he went to the Ravens, who at the time were like a rival of the Titans. I mean, like, I think it was the next year after they lost the Super Bowl. They played the Ravens in the playoffs, and Ray Lewis literally killed Eddie Eddie George. Like, he hit him, and he went unconscious, and he fumbled, and they lost because of it. And I hated the Ravens after that for, that, for like, two years. And then he went to the Ravens, and I was like, what am I supposed to do now? Um, but, yeah, I have the Steve McNair jersey, thanks to Steven. And, uh, I mean, yeah, he's just... One of the better eBay finds I've ever made. Yeah, for sure. Um... Played the game a similar way to Favre, and that's just kind of the, why I gravitate to those two guys. It's funny you kept mentioning fantasy, though, because I was gonna honestly going to put Priest Holmes in this list just because I had him the first year I played fantasy because he was, like, the guy to have that year. Mm-hmm. Good times. Anyway, Steven, number one? So my number one is Miami safety great, Ed Reed. Ed Reed, yeah. Ed Reed, just like, you never, you never, there was never a time you watched Baltimore play and there was a defensive play that Ed Reed wasn't either involved in the tackle, involved in the pick, involved in the strip fumble, running it back somehow, or just around the ball. He was the ultimate ball hawk. Um, just he came and played every week. He came and played every day. Um, so he is my he is my number one. Just always had a spot in the heart for Ed Reed. Always had to make sure you got to watch him play. Um, for many years, got it was got him in Madden all the time. Yeah. yeah, always, always was that guy you wanted in Madden. Um, he was the he's the reason. As one of my honorable mentions is Earl Thomas, who I love watching play. And I feel like if it wasn't for guys like Ed Reed and Troy Palomaro, guys like Earl Thomas wouldn't be Earl Thomas these days. So. Danny, do you have any honorable other honorable mentions? Um, Ladanian would definitely be on my list. Um, obviously fantasy for a couple years. Another fantasy guy that I loved um, for a couple seasons. Uh, Arian Foster would have been a good guy for a couple years. He unfortunately just burned out. Um, JJ Watt. Um, let's see, here's a good one. He killed my team all the fucking time. I hated him. He was a diva. He played on two divisional rivals and the 49ers. I, for whatever reason, 
I like TL. I don't I thought know you were going to say Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> you said no. two divisional rivals. I was like, yeah, Diva, yeah. divisional rivals, what the? And then you said 49ers. I was like, okay, got that. That's fine. <laughs> Something about T.O. I don't know Remember what. Remember that time T.O. I... cried against the Packers after beating them? Yeah, in the playoffs. I just, I don't know what it was. Just T.O. is such a beast. And you're like, all right, I don't like him because he's on the division team. But it's a uh, respect, hate. And it's just like, damn, I, I hate you kind of thing. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah. And then, I like, feel... and like, even though they lost in that Super Bowl, his only Super Bowl appearance, he went off on a broken leg, and yeah. Donovan McNabb, like, ruined it for him. But it was it was just, just like, T.O. was such a beast, and he was so fast and strong. He literally was unstoppable for the, those couple of years. And it's just like, yeah, I, I, even though I don't like you on the teams you're on, I, I, I got to respect you. So T.O. is on my list I, for sure. I, I still get annoyed at T.O. Like Steven said, he cried when he beat the Packers in that playoff game. That was after the Packers had gone to back-to-back Super Bowls. And he hadn't caught a pass all day. He dropped, had like five drops. He had like and five then, drops and a fumble, yeah. I yeah, actually, and then he got obliterated on the goal line and somehow still hung on and scored a game-winning touchdown. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I actually that was the, that yeah, was the moment. Down. That was the moment the Niners knew that he was going to be, okay, cool, we could replace Jerry now. Right. Well, like, it's funny. There's another thing. I mean, this is a, a non-replay game, like, before replay. But Jerry Rice fumbled in that game, and they should have lost. But that's besides the point. Wow. Um, yeah, they yeah. Were Talk at, about bitterness. The American uh, football story was on NFL Network the other day, ironically, and they were, they were talking about that game. Yeah. So, yeah, T.O. is definitely on the list. And um, I have one more. Hold on. And then Tom Brady, just Brady being Brady. Yeah, I know. You just got to say it, though. Um, uh, Romo. Yeah, I always respected Romo. um, Another one, Roy Williams, the safety the Cowboys had. He was so Loved that guy. Couldn't cover a tight end for the save of his life, but. He would just knock. Like, he obliterated Donovan McNabb one day. I'll yeah. never forget that. Shock you would own. Um, and Phil Rivers and Derek Carr. I mean, I think Derek Carr, I, I, I've, I've talked about it enough. Phil Rivers, again, it's like far, like the gunslinger kind of thing. Yeah. And just a fun guy, you know. I'm interested to see how he does in Indy this year. I hope they do well. Oh, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, so I put, I actually have uh, Mahomes, one of my favorites. Yeah, he's, he's going to be, he's going to be on my top five and if we do this sure. in another year or two. Um, but a couple guys in the division, just Zach Ertz, love watching him play with the way he plays. Um, Jason, <laughs> he's one of the best tight ends in the league, I don't oh, care what yeah, anybody no, says. Oh yeah, no, I just get PTSD, I just. I don't even think... care, Jason Witten's on my honorable mentions, again, yeah. just. I don't care about these guys the way they played against us. They're just fun to no, watch. I know. Oh, and I know. of course like Shady. Shady, just all around. No, I don't like Shady. Nope. Yeah, fuck Shady. He spoiled I... Endgame. Fuck Shady. <laughs> no, I'm serious. He spoiled Endgame. Fuck Shady. I didn't, he didn't spoil it for me. Spoiled it for a lot of people. He didn't go fuck yeah, himself. Yeah, I, I, I was one of them. He didn't spoil was it. For it was it? Oh man, Danny, that's rough. Yep. Fucking Shady. Nope. I had Shady a lot in fantasy, so I kind of did like him. Like, I kind of stuck with him. Very lucky I didn't follow him, follow him on Twitter. Yeah. No, but I, I yeah, Hertz and Witten are. I, I agree Sh- with you. 
if it's just those guys just PTSD but you're right uh, they're both on the high respect list for me as well I think most of I mean obviously his trend maybe you don't like him because of what he did but I feel like Mike Vick was always a popular one back in the day oh yeah I, I put Especially it on my, face, of the, I put it on my Facebook status yesterday yeah. or whenever his birthday was I can't believe he's 40 years old yeah, his, yeah <laughs> he, has the same birth, he has the same birthday as me it was it was Friday yeah. yeah, it's crazy that you like you don't think of him being that old, but yeah. Yeah, so you share your birthday with Derek Jeter. That must be weird. Yep, Jeter, Vic. Uh, I think there's a basketball player too, but I don't. I thought it was Dwayne Wade, but it's not. It's there was somebody else. I forget. But yeah, oh, Chad Pennington's the other guy. Chad Pennington. The greatest comeback player in the NFL history. I mean, Chad Pennington. <laughs> That's, I mean, that's got to be one of the first viral clips that ever had that that running with the offensive lineman thing. Oh boy! Right. What a great clip. And then uh, him busting his shoulder seventeen times and winning NFL Comeback Player of the Year every year after that. Yeah. The famed quarterback of the Wildcat Dolphins <laughs> that won the division. That's <laughs> true. That nobody that must would suck ever... being a Jeff fan like, like. Like the year that in '08, Brady's hurt. Right. They get Brett Favre and they get rid of Pennington. Pennington goes to a division rival and wins the division in front at at Giant Stadium. That had to hurt. I mean, that had to be the worst season. I mean, uh, the Jets have a lot of bad seasons, but that's got to be up there. And they had the division because Brett Favre and Brett Favre got hurt. Oh, I know. Believe me, I know. They played a whole season because he wouldn't come out, and they went four and twelve because he played a whole season with a broken thumb. That was fucking such idiot. A, oh, that was such a wild night. The night that the Jets got him. That night was. I will never forget that night. Really? Yeah. The the night the Jets got Brett Favre was crazy. It was one of the first nights of like, like social media, very infancy of social media and ESPN right. freaking out. And like, yeah. and I had uh, my friend Chris at the time was interning with the Jets, with them, and he like sends a text message, "Oh shit, something's about to go down." I see Pennington with his bags, all packed up. I had to pack up his bags or something like along those lines. Oh shit. Yeah. So uh, that's one of the nights I will never forget. Like, and they're like, Brett Favre's gonna be a Jet. They're like, Holy shit, this is real. This is awesome. The two things I remember about that were you knew it was big news. Brett Favre had his own, like, spot on the ticker on the bottom of ESPN for, Mm -hmm. like, the entirety of 2008. It would just NFL and it would go Favre. But then also I went to JetFest, like, the next week. And it was obviously – I mean, I don't know you guys went to JetFest a lot as kids. But, like, it was obviously the craziest day Jet Fest wise, I had ever seen. It was just oh bad. yeah, for sure, for sure. I lo- I loved going to Jet Fest. Another yeah. another fun story with Curtis Martin. I got field passes for a jet practice, and I ran on the field by accident, thinking the practice was over. And I got Curtis to sign real quick, and he's like, "Oh, dude, what are you on the field?" I'm like, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just sign this real quick." All right, I got I got you. <laughs> he signed it. I still have that autograph. I have a couple. Awesome Hall of Famers on that helmet, and then Chad Pennington and Thelma and 
Herm Edwards. Don't it was it, that was a great time being on the field for practice and getting that hooked up. That was one of my finer memories growing up. My my jet practice memory was I forgot who my counselor was at Hofstra, but he played at post. And I remember he worked out one one for like a couple of weeks because um, the Jets were always at Hofstra and Keyshawn would come up and work out a little bit at post before camp and like during off off season training camp training stuff he would actually work out at post so this guy knew him and I remember we like went over to the fence and like he called over Keyshawn I remember Bill Parcells yelling at Keyshawn just being like dude. <laughs> Um, we're practicing here. You're not signing autographs for meeting children. That's cool. I thought that was one of the coolest things in the world. Um, with that being said, everybody have a very safe 4th of July weekend. It is a Saturday yep. this year. Uh, Learn from JPP and... Shout out to Ashburn, Virginia, who's still listening to us on a weekly basis for some reason. Thank you, Ashburn, Virginia. Last time I checked, it was a hundred something lessons in seven days. From Ed's yeah. week, and it's like the same number. Oh, of before times. I forget, there will be make, something going on down there. Before I forget, because <laughs> a pandemic. Make sure you listen to uh, Jay, Jay's weekly podcast, a wrestling yes. weekly podcast. Me, him did a good hour and a half show about the Undertaker. Basically, our thank you to Taker. So that's definitely worth listening to after this. So thank you and have a good night, guys. Good night. Say